I'm Rick Nelson, and on behalf of the AASHTO Committee on Maintenance, their Maintenance Operations Technical Working Group, and the Winter Weather Management Technical Service Program, formerly known as SICOP, SICOP Talks Winter Ops is proud to host this fourth National Winter Maintenance and Road Weather Briefing. Uh, these briefings give organizations working in the severe weather and maintenance operations space an opportunity to showcase their efforts to help you achieve your winter maintenance and operations mission. Now, this briefing features the American Meteorological Society's ITS Surface Transportation Committee. And with us is Amanda Anderson with the National Center for Atmospheric Research and member of the AMS. Hi, Amanda. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, Rick. Uh, Amanda, before we get started with the, the briefing, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your responsibilities there on the ITS Surface Transportation Committee? Absolutely. Uh, so as Rick mentioned, I work for the National Center for Atmospheric Research. I'm an associate scientist, primarily focusing on road weather research and development in the connected and automated vehicle space. As part of the AMS, I am the chair of the ITS Surface Transportation Committee. So in that role, I help organize our quarterly meetings, including a meeting that is open to guests in January at the annual, the AMS annual meeting, which I will mention during my presentation and give you details on that. And we also, our main goal is to really bridge between the weather communities and the transportation communities. So the initiatives I'll talk about today are about fostering that collaboration and helping support research and development that ultimately will help transportation agencies handle weather information and impacts on their operations. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Uh, so with that, Amanda, do you want to go ahead and give us uh, an update on what's been happening there? Uh with your committee? Yes, so first, before I get started, I want to thank our committee member, Curtis Walker, and also the chair of our mobile observations subcommittee, Paul Hepner, who both helped me gather material for this presentation. So first, I just want to talk about what the AMS actually is. So the American Meteorological Society's mission is to advance the atmospheric and related sciences technologies, applications, and services for the benefit of society. It was founded in 1919 with primary membership from the U.S. Signal Corps and the U.S. Weather Bureau, which were precursors to our modern National Weather Service. So today we have over 13,000 members in nearly 100 countries. One of the main functions of the AMS is to host conferences and meetings across many disciplines, present honors and awards, publish peer-reviewed journals, of which there are 12, alongside books and other special collections, and also just generally advocate for the atmospheric and related sciences. So under that mission, our committee focuses specifically on the discipline of road weather and working with the transportation sector to help advance atmospheric science research and deployment. As I mentioned at the beginning, one of our main activities is supporting the American Meteorological Society's annual meeting. This was held in January in Denver. We had two weather and road sessions, which were very successful. The two sections focused on road weather modeling and machine learning, automated vehicles, and non-winter weather impacts. So we had about 70 attendees in session one and 50 in session two for that meeting. The next meeting will be in 2024 in Baltimore from the 28th of January through the 1st of February. And usually it can 
conflicts with the Transportation Research Board's annual meeting, but fortunately in 2024, it does not. So we will again be having our weather and road sessions, which is entitled this meeting, Safety, Mobility, and Resiliency in a Changing Environment. So if you would like to submit a call for papers, the link is in the presentation here, or I will give my contact at the end of the presentation and very happy to help you sort out your submission if you're interested. We would love to see a lot of transportation folks. We generally have a lot of presentations from the weather community, but this is a really a great chance for transportation to reach out to the weather audience, uh, present any issues you're having in terms of weather, uh, solutions you're looking for uh, with collaboration, and then also just getting in front of a weather audience some of the excellent work that's happening in transportation related to weather. So these abstracts will be due on 24th of August. Okay. So also at the annual meeting, in addition to the weather and road sessions, we will be having a joint session with the Energy Conference, which is entitled Transportation and Energy. Again, abstracts are due on the 24th of August, 2023. And then we've we're also hoping to hear back that we've been accepted to host a town hall meeting specifically on automated vehicles and adverse weather impacts on those. And as I mentioned at the beginning, our committee meeting will be occurring this week and it will be open to anybody who wants to participate and uh, either just listen in or actively participate in that meeting. We've also been active in some other meetings this year. The Washington Forum occurred in April of this year, 2023, and the committee hosted a panel that was entitled Weather Automated Vehicles in Society. The Washington Forum is an AMS meeting that's held every spring in Washington, D.C. that focuses on policy related to the atmospheric sciences. So it's a collection of atmospheric science folks from public, private, and academic sectors who want to engage specifically in policy discussions. Also, folks from the Capitol and involved in government participate and have panels in that regard. Our panel did include public, private, and academic sector experts and was a very lively and interactive discussion. It was recorded and can be found at the link on the presentation. And then looking forward, one of our main initiatives this coming year is that we are launching an Automated Vehicles and Weather Summit. This is a follow-on to a similar summit that AMS hosted in 2018. We don't have a date yet, but we're very close, and it will likely be late spring or early summer, probably June of 2024. We'll announce the date as soon as it has been zeroed in and locked in. The Summit will be held at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and that is also in conjunction with the M-City Automated Vehicle Testing Facility. Mm-hmm. If you're interested either potentially in attending the meeting, you would like to present at the meeting or be part of a panel, or if you'd actually like to participate in organizing the meeting, please reach out to me with the contact information that will be at the end of the presentation. And we welcome any participation uh, that folks are interested in, in terms of the meeting. And then a final new initiatives that I really want to touch on is our guest speaker initiative. So we started that this year to help uh, again, bridge between the weather and transportation communities 
And the way this works is that somebody who's interested in reaching out, either a weather person interested in reaching out to transportation or somebody from the transportation sector interested in reaching out to weather, can present on work they're doing at a committee meeting. Just a short presentation, maybe 15 minutes. And then us as committee members will help you make those connections to who you'd like to follow up on. And then we will continue to help foster that collaboration to further reach out between the two enterprises, weather and transportation. So an example is that the National Weather Service Winter Program has recently implemented a snow squall warning product over the last couple of years. You may have seen those pop up on Mm -hmm. your phones if you're in that area. And a main push for that product from the NWS point of view was that they really wanted to help keep motorists safe because when you're driving through a snow squall, uh, I read one time in a news article, somebody said it was like a pillowcase had been pulled over their face and just out of nowhere they couldn't see because they drove into some like effect snow squall. And so the winter program for NWS is really interested in getting that warning in the vehicle cab, maybe through a connected vehicle type of communication, because right now the way it pops up is similar to tornado warning or severe thunderstorm warning. So a lot of people are getting those snow squall warnings in their homes when it maybe doesn't affect them the way it would when they're driving. Mm -hmm. So they presented on the snow squall warning product. And then one of our committee members helped them follow up with the federal highway administration, planning some webinars and other outreach to help get the winter program talking with the right folks on the transportation side, where maybe we can close that uh, loop in terms of communications and getting those in cab. We have another of other initiatives we're working on as well. Uh, One is just updating our website, not super interesting, um, (laughs) but something that needs to be done. We're also, our committee is under the AMS board on enterprise economic development. And there's a number of other committees that are part of that board, and we're working on interacting with them. An example is we're working with the Energy and Renewable Energy Committees to host this joint session at the AMS annual meeting. There's also a risk, uh, economic risk committee and a committee on the new blue economy or ocean transportation And so all these committees really have a lot of overlap with what we do in the ITS and Surface Transportation Committee. So we're trying to see how we can leverage that relationship to help benefit the road weather community. We're also looking at urban air mobility, specifically that space between where we normally work on the surface and regulated airspace. There's um, a lot going on in unmanned aerial vehicles in kind of this unregulated airspace that's not too far from the ground. So we we haven't moved forward very far with this yet, but an example of work that is involved in this committee, uh, Brittany Welch is a doctoral candidate at the University of Utah, and she's working on urban forecasting using uh, microscale weather models to help plan routes for UAVs that might be flying around the city of Salt Lake. So she's involved in this initiative. And so that's the sort of work we're looking at, uh, trying to help foster that research and then also connect the right entities together to advance that space. Hmm. And then a final initiative I'd like to talk about today is what we're calling our one-stop shop for research references. So specifically, 
This is a joint initiative between our committee, Transportation Research Board, and the Federal Highway Administration to help assemble an integrated database of road weather research, including reports, publications, and institutions that are performing this type of research. So we're looking for feedback from the community about whether or not this such a repository would be useful. And the vision is to integrate it with the Federal Highway Administration and Road Weather Management Program's current resources that they already have in terms of state reports and journal articles. Likely, this will be hosted by an academic institution's library. And the overarching vision is that if somebody is interested in what's going on in road weather today, they can go to this repository and they will have access to all what different entities are doing, what's happening at the state level, the local level in different universities, different national labs, and really not have kind of the disparate, okay, I go to Google and I, I might find a few people that are doing something I'm looking for, but really just having that centralized location where we can have these resources, we can share the research we're doing, we can help each other in terms of solving issues that are happening in our communities or assembling the right teams to move forward in deep, different research projects. Yeah, we were we were just visiting with Jeremy McGuffey at FHWA, and this is one of the initiatives that he brought up. And and he, he had mentioned that you were going to take this on, you wanted to take this on. And I think it's a, a great uh, a great project because you know, so often, you know, you're starting a project and you want to find out what's going on out there. And just finding those sources is is uh, really tough. Um, yeah. If you don't ask for just the right specific thing, it's like you're going to you're going to miss uh, a lot of work uh, that's that's been out there. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, it's great to hear that you're already hearing about this project. Uh, I'm glad it's getting out there and it really seems to be great gaining traction. Uh, Curtis Walker, who I mentioned at the beginning of the presentation, is helping lead this uh, alongside Federal Highways and TRB. I think another really good impact of this work is in terms of students. I know on my end, I work with students a lot in the atmospheric sciences. And when they're exposed to road weather and the different activities that are happening in this space, they're very interested in this application of weather research. And a lot of time when they're going into graduate school, they want to seek out a university that's working in this space. And sometimes it can be hard for them to figure out who they should be reaching out to and where they should be applying. I think that would help on the engineering and transportation side as well. If there's any students that are really interested in transportation engineering and they like the weather component as well, there's a number of institutions that do have that overlap. And it'd be great to get them all in one place so they can access that yeah. easier. Well, and, and, and too, you know, there's so much untapped resource out there uh, with the different uh, agencies, for example, that, that do work, uh, but it's not widely, it's not widely publicized. It's, it's, it sort of stays within their own little repository. So being able to yeah. reach into that and pull that out, I think there's going to be tremendous value in that. Yeah, I agree. And then finally, I wanted to mention, uh, we do have a subcommittee, the Mobile Observation Subcommittee, of course, focused on mobile observations. If you're interested in this kind of work, you don't have to be a member of the AMS ITS Surface Transportation Committee to participate in the Mobile Observation Subcommittee. So you can kind of 
be separate in those two spaces. So if you are interested in that, again, at the end, uh, please contact me. I'd be happy to get you in touch with Paul Hefner, our current chair. But their main initiative that they've been working on is to determine the production, usage, and availability of mobile observations at state departments of transportation. And to this end, they've sent out 44 surveys, of which they've received 30 responses back from state DOTs. The results of this survey is that the vast majority of respondents are collecting mobile observations, 80%. This can vary anywhere from a minimum of one vehicle to a maximum of 2,100 vehicles that are collecting observations. And then there's a number of different equipment or vendors that are being used, uh, specifically states mentioned Force America, Parsons, Luft, Roadwatch, Tecon, Precise, Taconer, Vaisla, High Sierra, and Samsara. So from a atmospheric science part of part, point of view and the weather point of view, this gets a little difficult when you have a lot of different types of equipment that are being deployed in many types of ways and they're moving around. So that's one of the things we're addressing from the weather side is it, it's not kind of your gold standard ASOS that is sitting at an airport, is regularly maintained and uh, is very expensive and is always in the same spot and has been there for the last 50 years. So it's it's a very useful data set and an interesting data set, but there's some ways we need to approach it on the weather side uh, specifically that we're not really used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100% of the respondents are using their mobile observations to collect pavement temperature. Or, I'm sorry, 100% of those that responded, they are collecting mobile observations. And also 96% are collecting air temperature. Uh, fewer at 63% are collecting relative humidity, and then about half or 54% are collecting surface friction. That said, only 21% are allowing the public to access these mobile observations. 38% are using them in their maintenance decision support system. And only 13% are being sent to Federal Highway's weather data environment and 21% to NOAA METIS, which is a meteorological assimilation data ingesting system, I believe. Ingest system, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So the... The main conclusion from that is that most of the state DOTs that responded are taking mobile observations and very useful observations, but these observations are not making it outside of the parent organization. So this is similar to what we were just talking about with the one-stop shop for research references and getting that information out to the community and being able to share it. Sharing these data would be extremely useful to the community as well. I know just personally as a researcher, having a place where I can just go and access the data and I don't have to do a freedom of information request or uh, necessarily have a project where a state is paying me money to work with these data, just having them there. There's a lot the community can do in terms of research and development that can ultimately benefit the parent organization that are collecting these data. So the follow-up from this survey will be continuing to work on is sharing possible and what would that look like? Is that through uh, outreach about the weather data environment or about NOAA's METIS or uh, something else? So that will mm-hmm. be the follow-up from this survey. So that was 
uh, overview of what we've been working on the past year or so. Uh, again, we welcome participation from all sectors, public, private, academic, transportation, and weather. And please feel free to contact me if you're interested in participating in our community and our initiatives, or if you have any questions about what I presented, if you'd like to participate in some of these meetings, really anything you'd like to follow up, I'd be very happy to have that conversation. And so my email's here at the bottom, A-A-N-D-E-R at ucar.edu. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. Um, you know, uh, Amanda's contact information is also going to be below this video, uh, along with uh, the website references. Uh, so you'll be able to uh, easily uh, navigate your way there. And uh, we'll also include them in the show notes. So, uh, you know, I would encourage you to uh, go out there and uh, click on some of these websites and, and check out the interesting stuff that's being done uh, there at AMS. And uh, reach out to Amanda and uh, start a dialogue and, and see how you can help bridge that gap between the transportation community and the meteorological community. Amanda, thanks so much for, for joining us for this briefing. Uh, it was great to see you again. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Until next time, thanks for tuning in and stay safe out there.